0: Rounding out our best of 2016 is episode 16, Get Your Flu Shot. Next week, we will be back to our regular schedule with some brand new content. So definitely stay tuned. We have a very, very special guest for you. But you don't know me.
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Veeps, and today we have co-host...
2: Harponius.
0: And we have a brand new guest on the show today. We have... Dee He's got some interesting things to talk about. Um, in particular, he works as an epidemiologist, which is a very interesting... Doesn't sound very interesting, but is actually very interesting... <laughs>
1: I hope, unless this is going to be a really boring podcast for everybody.
0: No, but you've got a really interesting backstory as well, so I'm kind (laughs) of interested to get into this. Um, So, first things first, let's tell a guest how we met.
1: Yeah. So, how long ago was it? I think, like, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago?
0: Probably about three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, My friend Katie Schotter, who...
0: Was on the previous episode. Previous episode. Whoa! (laughs) We got two guests in one. I know.
1: I know. Um... So, Katie's a musician, as you'll hear, and she and I were just having a really crappy day. It was a Sunday afternoon, we're like, let's just honestly just get drunk and walk down the belt line. (laughs) Like, let's just do it. And um, we were both kind of broke, and I was like, Katie, guess what? There's all these awesome pianos along the belt line. You're a musician. You know how to play the piano. You're incredible. Let's make you play it and see if we can't get money to buy like dinner or something
0: (laughs) so we can get donations right right she didn't tell me that part she didn't
1: tell you that part i mean it was half honest half not but um (laughs) so we started walking and we found this great one like over the bridge and yeah she started playing a ton of beautiful songs and then we started running out of material and so we just saw people walk by and then i saw you and your friends and so we hailed you over and we're like all right, give us a song to play. And do you remember what the song was?
0: Yep. It was the Aladdin song. What is it? I can show you the world.
1: A whole new world. A whole new world. There That's you go. the name of it. Yeah. And Katie played it, killed it, and then like stopped traffic on the Beltline and there was like a huge group and <laughs> then we all realized that we were kind of doing the same thing that day. So we're like, "All right, let's just keep walking together." So we all walked together and ended up getting dinner together and started talking about the podcast and that's, and here we are. And then that's what's happening. I'm here, I guess.
0: It's kind of beautiful. I think it's cool to hear that from two different perspectives, even though Katie also told that story. <laughs> um, but you were the one that was like, come give us material, like drunkenly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Sure so, did. That was me.
0: Mr. DD here is not very shy.
1: <laughs> uh-uh. No, not at all. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about you. So, where are you from and where do your parents live?
1: Yeah. So, I'm actually from Iowa, that is a Midwest state. Um, in case that wasn't clear, <laughs> I've had more people than not just be like, is that the one that's like Idaho that does potatoes? I'm like, no, absolutely not. We are the number one producer of corn in the United States. So there you go. Um, unfortunately, the Corn Palace is in South Dakota, which is an entire palace made out of corn. We don't have it, which is...
0: That exists?
1: It now? exists. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So have you been As there? I have.
2: As the number one corn producer, you would think that... Oh, the yeah. King the king of Iowa I'm assuming there's a king would have a palace made of corn you know? yeah
1: there's actually a monarchy in Iowa and it's just, I know it's perfect. I, 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 I just,
0: so it's a queen thank you very much
2: well, yeah I mean it's it's a corn <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a corn state I'm like I'm not assuming the most progressive I'm assuming they're probably not the most progressive part of the world being, you know, like... Well, the native said would be surprised. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. So Iowa it, wait, was... Wait, isn't that... Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but isn't that oh God. Glee, is Glee Ohio or is it Iowa? <laughs>
1: Ohio. It's Ohio. <laughs> and it's a fictional TV show, so... I know that's not... <laughs> just didn't wasn't really, like, placed in... Yeah. Um, it was the third state to legalize gay marriage. Oh. Wow. By a judge order, not by popular vote. So it okay. is fairly liberal. Hmm, it's probably not going to go So blue. the
0: elected officials are.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and then they all got kicked out by popular vote so but it's still the law of the land. so whatever (laughs) um anyways so potatoes and corn and other things so I'm from Iowa um Mm -hmm. born and raised I lived there all long years of my life (laughs) like never left the state I grew up on a small farm Mm -hmm. I learned how to drive on a combine do you guys know what a combine is oh that's the uh that's the one that grabs the corn right is it no that's the yeah yeah it's the one that grabs the corn yeah um, i'll give you it yeah Uh, yeah you got it right continue it's just this massive machine looking tractor type thing that's just gigantic that just shears all the corn in the fields oh and then the fall time which is like now you now get ready to harvest your crops so i learned how to drive in a combine
0: so so did you guys you guys have a farm
1: we used to yeah we used to so it was in my family for generations um And then my grandmother passed away, and then we sold the farm just because upkeep was difficult. But yeah, born and raised on it. Did the whole corn thing. So you've
0: got like practical skills, I think. I do. I do.
1: (laughs) Don't use them at all anymore.
0: (laughs) So what are some of the practical skills you learned growing up
1: at all? Um, I can chuck corn. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I can't do it, so. Uh, Maybe not, yeah. I wasn't as active, I guess, now that I think about it. Um,
0: well, you can drive a tractor, basically. I can
1: do that. I i'm
0: imagining it's manual too, right? So it's it is. Yes. Shift. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, there you
0: go.
1: I know how to ride horses. We had hey, horses. There that's you something. Go. A lot of
0: people here don't. I
1: can shear sheep. So
0: interesting. I'm not sure
1: that's practical. Like, if there's an apocalypse or something, I, mean, yeah, I don't think can... like people are gonna be like tripping over me to, you know, start if there's shearing an apocalypse animals. And
0: it's fucking cold. Then yeah.
2: I mean, he can't do anything with the wool. He can just get it.
1: Yeah, I'm like, great. You just partner
0: here. with somebody who knows how to turn it into clothes.
1: Yeah, that's assuming that there's someone that knows how to turn textiles into textiles.
0: I'm sure somebody yeah. in Iowa knows how to do that.
1: I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I grew up on that. And then um, my parents actually divorced when I was a little, little young boy. And so completely separate. So my dad owned the farm. And then my mom actually lived on an acreage, which is a defunct farm. <laughs> oh yeah which is a thing I didn't know that it's just like a big old plot of land that has barns and stuff on it that no one really uses
0: I didn't know that 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 was the term for it but I know we have a lot down here too I might just be
1: making this up because (laughs) why not um so yeah we lived on an acreage for most of it too and that was surrounded by cornfields so corn as far as the eye can see and just very flat Mm. so flat that you could see from like one end of the state to the other
0: that's crazy yeah that's so, so how do you feel about the mountains here i,
1: mean, I love like the it opposite. i love it i mean i drove down here the first time ever when i was coming to grad school and drove through the mountains and i was like oh i almost swore can you swear of
0: course Have you was, yeah i know
1: <laughs> i didn't know like what the audience was um <laughs> i was like holy shit it's 1 a.m and i'm going down a mountain like near 40 well not even 45 degree it was worse than that but it was yeah. terrifying and i loved it um <laughs> Yeah.
0: And that's when I knew I was home.
1: Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, no, like, the topography of everything over here is just so different. Seeing all these trees and hills are a thing I've had to learn how to deal with. I am an avid runner. And so in Iowa, you're just like, I'm just going to run on this flat top for six miles. And um, here you get here, you're like, I can't run up this hill for a mile. I'm done. That's my life.
0: I I have trouble with that, yeah. I like to use that as an excuse to, like, not exercise, but...
1: I hear people do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's a valid excuse.
0: You're like, oh, I can't breathe.
1: So I'm like, what, I don't know. That or the heat. Right.
0: But now it's not really that hot anymore, so.
1: I know. That's what I do miss about Iowa. We have four seasons. <laughs> four very distinct seasons. Yeah. So, like, around September, you start to feel a chill, and everyone's like, gets excited, and then the leaves slowly start to change, and it's just nice and gradual, whereas here... Just comes out of nowhere, like falls. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey guys, and then it's here for like a month, and it's like, okay, bye.
0: <laughs> there's no gradual. No, no there's, there's not.
1: A shithead friend who shows up to the party, and you even, even though you didn't invite him. Yeah, you're like, great. Um, you're gonna cool ruin man. this. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like,
2: well, actually, I think Summer would be the shithead friend. Oh yeah. Falls yeah. when Definitely. he finally leaves. He stays for way too. He's long. always
0: that's like, like, a good yeah. Slightly stinky and wet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah and just like, like little, and just like. Mm. Yeah. And then He's you get a brief floor. picture of fall, and then it comes back, and everything's just grouchy and sad.
0: Yep, that's pretty uh, much it. But falls. I will say, the two very tiny short fall and spring seasons that we do have tend to be nice, but they're like three weeks.
1: They're nice, early. but it's also in October now. and
0: <laughs> We're just now saying I was it.
1: actually wearing fall clothes before I came over, and I was like, I have to wear a t-shirt and it's shorts now, because like I was yeah. 80 sweating. Today. It was hot, yeah. Yeah, it's absurd.
0: Anyway, enough about... Ranting about the south. Um, yeah. so one of the stories that you kind of hinted at here <laughs> was, um, something to do, what was it cow, cow herding?
1: Yeah, so,
0: so okay, speaking of practical skills, <laughs> I don't know many people who would know how to cow herd, so
1: well, I don't know if it's a, exactly the way that people do cow herd, like back in olden times when mm. they actually had, you know. Yeah. vast amounts of livestock and had to wrangle them up like cattle farmers um just this is, this is a weird vivid memory that I remember and I try to tell my family about this and none of them remember <laughs> but it's burned into my memory for as long as I could have possibly remembered
0: how old were you and when-
1: I was probably 11 or 12 so I wasn't okay. like too young and I wasn't senile yet so it's just bizarre but I just remember going to this field because I was full of fields, again, like, you just see fields, all that nonsense, and my grandpa, who doesn't remember this, who was the one that brought me out, was like, all right, well, we have to herd some cows today for my friend. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a fun Saturday for an (laughs) 11-year-old. Didn't know how it was going to work, so he... Walked me over to the field, and there's a giant pickup truck, and in the back of it was a literal mound of cookies. What? Like an actual mountain of cookies. Like, That's like nice, every soft kid's cookies. Right. What kind
2: of cookies were they?
1: All kinds. All kinds of cookies. So, yeah. Like-
2: Chocolate chip, sugar, yes. sn-
1: Snickerdoodle, Snickerdoodle. Why are you to waste the M on, on the cows? I don't understand. So there's a big <laughs> cookie factory in Iowa, and it's based in my hometown. Oh. And they would just get rid of things that were slightly expired, and for some reason, the cow farmers would get all of it. I don't quite get it. What? There's some kind of
2: underground would... market for the.
1: Yeah, it's like the black market. The but black for market for cookies. cookies. It's the
2: cookie black market.
1: Yeah, except it's free because cookie market. Right. <laughs>
0: Um, so you get to the truck and there's a mountain of cookies and I'm sure as an 11 year old you were like this is heaven
1: no I was like what the hell is this like am I being like gaslighted like is this the twilight (laughs) zone I don't understand and he like pulls down the back of it and cookies just tumble over the side and he's like guess what we're gonna do I'm like I have no idea no goddamn idea
0: die of diabetes I don't know yeah
1: like and he's like eat some cookies and then like we'll get ready I'm like okay and so he like Gets in the front of the truck, and he's like, we're just going to drive around, and you're going to sit in the back and just push cookies off the back of the truck in front of the cows. And they're going to, apparently, what I think may have been going on is that the cows will trample the grass, and I don't know what that does. It sounds ludicrous to me as I'm speaking right now. (laughs) That's all I got.
0: So the cookies, like... So you remember just having to dump the cookies out of yeah. the truck, but we don't really know why.
1: I mean, it was actually probably hurting them because he was driving around the field.
0: I actually want to look this up. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
1: what you would Google like cow a, herding cookies. Yeah. I know deer go like go apeshit for vanilla. So really? it could be.
2: Uh, it could be the vanilla and the cookies.
0: Okay, we'll look at this up later. I'm gonna dig into this. That's and fine. Get this into out. it. That's... I just
1: like vividly remember
0: being standing... with a mountain of cookies. Yeah, like
1: a literal mountain of cookies, and this is not an exaggeration. I would just like push the cookies out, and the cows <laughs> would like wrap their long tongues around my hand and just yeah. eat the cookies, and then we would end up on the other side of the field. Gross. <laughs> yeah that's actually i don't think i've actually shared that story with anyone
2: so wait so you're, <laughs> you're like this is the weirdest this thing is I've ever done. weird as hell your grandfather was the one who did that with you
1: yeah he's not even a farmer he didn't remember no i mean he's probably senile now but that might be why <laughs>
0: probably like i probably should have asked him earlier it started
1: yeah.
2: cute but ended really sad
1: yeah it did oh yeah.
0: poor grandpa
1: but yeah that's just like the weird shit that would happen in iowa like you would that's do just that. like
0: an average like yeah afternoon
1: thing like let's go like herd cows with cookies yeah <laughs> um, did
0: you guys ever do any like other weird stuff Were there other things that are specifically iowa
1: i don't know if they're specifically iowa these might be more just like weird-ass teenage things like mm-hmm. well <laughs> i guess this is weird again like i'm yeah. clearly showing you that i had a weird childhood <laughs> <laughs> but the neighbor kids and I would play this game called throw cement blocks on top of the garage, and then that's literally
0: that's a mouthful.
2: No, watch
1: I've... them fall on the pavement. I guess this is another story in itself. Um, <laughs> I used to do that, so. right? Okay, yeah, so it's that's, popular. That's just a, it's that's good. It's kind of a
2: redneck thing, actually. Because like, well, only yeah. only like people who are like live in the country have mounds of cement blocks outside their house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So I also vividly remember this because I just remember blood everywhere um blood? yeah oh the spoilers sorry um so one time the neighborhood kids and i were like let's play throw the cement blocks on top of the garage which is a game by milton bradley um and so the idea was you would throw up on top of the garage and they would tumble down and you just watch it fall to the ground and apparently that was entertaining as you know like a five or six year old and that
0: really that young yeah oh my gosh yeah uh-huh
1: um you've yeah. had
0: like a real american child oh yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i can keep going because <laughs>
2: when i was a kid back in my day we used to throw smith blocks on top of the garage
1: not even the most hick thing about me okay
2: it? continue that um idea.
1: so one time like we were like throwing it and playing games and i was like hey guys stop i need to go grab this one that fell underneath the garage and there's this douche kid i don't remember his name because he's so douchey and i t- <laughs> He's probably a really nice guy now, but back in the day, I was furious at him, and he ignored everyone saying, don't throw any more blocks up there, ran underneath it, he threw one, it tumbled down on my skull, and split my skull open. Oh
0: my god.
1: And I was in shock, so I was just like, ah, hey guys, and then there's this blood spurting out the top of my crown.
0: Holy shit. And
1: everyone's like, screaming bloody murder, Yeah. and then so my mom ran out, and she's like, holy shit. So she like wraps my head in like a sheet and she's like, we're taking you to the ER and I got my head stapled shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. So I don't know if that's like a regular activity that happens in Iowa. So Maybe just like really, backwoods Iowa. Go we, ahead.
0: We have another brother and he, he did, was like.
2: He's done some crazy shit.
0: Evil Knievel shit. Like he would like, I mean, we lived in like the suburbs and we had like the most beautiful yeah. childhood ever. But like he would like find ways to split his head open. Like, like intentionally,
2: oh yeah, exactly. like, today I want to. So my brother out, has like has like five scars in his head, which is where he's like split his skull open.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, he had to get his head stapled shut one time. He jumped off of a table and like the we had an unfinished basement with a cement floor, and he just like whacked his head on the floor <laughs> from like. Trying to play, like, Indiana Jones or some shit, like, oh I don't know, and, like, fell off of this really he, high thing.
2: Uh, me, I, when I was in elementary school, I was, like, in the third grade or some shit, like, me and this other kid, we would, like, the, the jungle gym or whatever, you know, like, the dome-shaped ones? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We would, like, get on top, we just jump off.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I broke his do? arm on that one. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, 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 I mean, I mean it I, me, me. It was no, it wasn't me and Marcus. It was me and this other kid from class. Uh, we would just jump off for no reason. Be like, "What do you do? We're stunt. We're stuntmen. We're jumping off shit. That's because that's what stuntmen do. We're just intentionally hurting ourselves. That just
1: sounds like a bad idea.
0: Yeah. He jumped off of like a really tall jungle gym and like broke his arm when he was like. He was, was like an, not yeah. even that young. He that was, was like, Marcus, 11. yeah. He was fourteen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you need to bring your other brother on the show. because... <laughs> I'm not nah, no no nope, no nope,
0: nope. nope. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. But what other story about my crazy ass <sighs> little brother that's hilarious. This is one of those like burned in memories, you know? Uh-huh. He had watched so much cartoons, so many cartoons and so Markweath, we'll call him
1: Great
0: name. Um, was always like he would see something and he would want to test it out and do it himself, right? Mm-hmm. So you know in cartoons how they have the banana peel and they'll oh, slip on it? No. Yeah. So he was like, I want to know if you can actually slip on a banana peel. And we had this like huge, we had this massive house in the suburbs, and it was a really long open space, and there was like most of it was carpet, but they had that like, you know, that um hardwood runner that went from one end of the house to the other. Uh-huh. Like a lot of those suburban homes would have like just this like strip of like right. walkway that's not on S the As suburban
1: homes too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So one day he was like, he put the peel, he ate a banana, he put the banana peel like inside down on the strip of hardwood on one end. And then he went back to the kitchen end and he just like full on ran, right? Just like booked it across the house and then he like purposely ran and stepped on it and he actually fucking did slip he like literally did a flip in the air it was the most insane thing <laughs> i've ever seen and it probably <laughs> landed on his head but he literally was like i wonder if i could slip on a banana peel and he did it was like a cartoon in real life it was the best thing i've ever seen that's just one of those weird childhood memories of like distinctly kids remember. are fucked
1: up like so many weird yeah. things we've done as children i don't understand
0: So what were some of the other crazy stories that you had from Iowa childhood?
1: (laughs) Too many. Like, at this point, I vividly remember also with my grandfather, so maybe there's, like, a theme that all the weird shit I've been through is, you know, sourced to him, but we would go buckeye hunting. What's
0: that? Which,
1: like, they're little nuts that fall from the trees, and he's like, I'll give you five cents for every bucket you give me. Like, full-on giant bucket (laughs) He's like, five cents for every one of them. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Like, totally. That's like, what, like three hours of work for five cents? Yeah. So we would do that and did not even realize, like, he was straight up duping us for years until I was, like, in my teenage years. I was like, wait, this math doesn't work out. I'm, like, getting a dollar for an afternoon's worth of work. He's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm like, you're an asshole.
2: He's like, well, you're stupid, so. Yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) what else could I say? Um, Did that a lot. So Um, what did
0: that typically, like... How do you find buckeyes? What are they for? They're
1: everywhere. They're like just underneath a tree, like a so buckeye tree. So like a type of nut. Yeah, it's if you like Google it, there's like a little weird eye thing on it. Oh, oh. no! So like the Ohio buckeye, but they have them everywhere, and apparently people <sighs> love to make food and things with them. So
0: they're also called a fetid buckeye.
1: That's weird. I don't like it sounds that. Sounds
2: gross.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't like that.
2: Like look it up in Urban Dictionary.
1: Fetid. fetid. Oh no. Doesn't that mean diseased?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah know so what
1: that means. <laughs> beyond that, there wasn't anything like crazy. It was just
0: you said that that, but your your cement story, cement block story, was not the most like hick thing you've ever done.
1: No, no, that's <laughs> very true. Um, so I tried to get away from my hick roots. Like I. My grandfather and family live next to a river, like an actual river, and if you would drive to it, you'd be like, this looks like a hick hole, like (laughs) straight up, like it looks like a shantytown, not going to lie, like just a cobbled little house with like tin roof and like wires everywhere, like chicken wire and all kinds of stuff, and like my family was never broke, or my grandfather was never broke, it was just he liked to live in squalor.
0: (laughs) to live in a
1: shantytown yeah right yeah um and so just going out to thanksgiving and random weekends and be like all right i guess we're gonna go to shantytown and then like i would walk up and well i guess this is more stories for you but he was a hunter and by hunter he would just take like a shotgun and just start shooting shit
0: from like his front porch yeah
1: so if this is not like like, reinforcing the hick idea um (laughs) One of my worst childhood memories was when I was probably five or six. I was obsessed with animals and wanted to be a veterinarian. And all like, again, five or six, like, I want to be an astronaut, all these things. Um, And I was sitting inside his house watching TV and he's like, come out to the garage. I have a surprise for you. I'm like, oh, like, cool. What surprises are there for five or six year olds? Like candy, like soda. I don't know. No, I like walk out into a shed and there's like a deer like hanging from its hooves that's just been skinned and gutted down the middle and all of its organs are just straight up on the floor and he like brought me out there and i sobbed profusely oh just my god sobbed and he laughed and <laughs> yeah my mom told me the <laughs> He's other just day laughing yeah
2: you're suffering <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's yeah
0: oh my god uh-huh. that is terrifying yeah. so this reminds me of this crazy ass story i heard once uh, just like bizarre Hick story like I have a, I had another friend that I went to college with who grew up he was like really successful he's like financial analyst or he did some kind of stuff like that later on so he was like super clean cut preppy looking he's like no, no I need you to understand like where I came from yeah he's like when we were in middle school he's a twin brother my dad fucking went outside we had a bear problem he went outside uh. and shot the bear that was going through the trash handed them a, f- a set of knives and said you have to skin this have this skinned by the morning. And they literally had to skin a bear when they were skin a bear when they were like, fourteen years old.
1: That's badass, though. I was like, I don't know what if that's hick. Fuck? That's like.
0: He was like, yeah, my dude, my dad's fucking crazy. That's like, real like
1: survivor <laughs> shit. That's very different than most people's childhoods. I completely <laughs> understand.
0: So, um, getting off of the childhood train, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about more a little bit more about what you do. So. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so, I guess. I guess. I am an epidemiologist and I have a little experiment with people, which is kind of mean. I always when someone's first meeting me and they have never met me before and are yeah. just like, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an epidemiologist. And most of the time I just get a blank look. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> most like, of the time. And means? exactly. And I get one of two answers. The first one is a skin doctor. <laughs>
0: dermatologist? Which,
1: dermatologist, not like
0: close There's an ologist in it.
1: Yeah, like people think like epidermis, but uh. that's where it comes from. Um, all my friends back home call me the skin doctor, and they're kind of like being gross about it. And they're like, oh, like you're gay and you like, you know, touch skin and stuff. And like I was like, God, you guys are awful.
2: It's um, um my I know where that comes from because my dad used to make fun of me because I was a virgin when I was 17. And he would say, I bet you like dudes, you like playing the
1: skin flute. That's, that's where that's I was what going it is. with it. That's yeah. what it I took me a while to get there, and you looped me back in. That's what I was <laughs> inferring. The, this is yeah. the dad bash. That's oh, what geez. I was inferring to. Uh-huh. He can definitely yeah.
0: get on that train, though.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I get that. Uh-huh. Or I get, oh, like epidemics or outbreaks or whatever. Some people have actually surprised me and been like completely on point with what I do. Yeah. So I study the distribution and demographics of disease and who it affects how to control it things like that yeah um
0: so this is a really specific yeah thing so very how, specific. how did you end up there
1: yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere so i was gung-ho from, from
0: a farm on iowa from a
1: <laughs> farm on iowa where i fed cows cookies and you know watched things get skinned um <laughs> yeah well it makes sense why i'm a skin doctor now (laughs) actually full circle look at that we're going through a lot here yeah um yeah so since i was young i always wanted to be an actual doctor um a medical doctor not a skin doctor um (laughs) like since probably 13 or 14 i come from a medical family and a hick family so there's like (laughs) two distinctions um almost everyone in my family is a nurse or a doctor or something like that and I was like, yeah, I totally want to do it. And I actually was really interested in it, not just because of like my family doing it. Yeah. It's the one thing I did well in school. I love biology, chemistry, all of that, and ended up going to college for it. So I did four years as a bio major, loved it, was pre-med all four years, and I was so gung-ho about it, and took like my medical entrance exam, and I was like, all right, let's do this. Started to apply to schools and getting ready for that. And then the second semester, or the first semester of my senior year, I took an infectious disease class that focused on epidemiology. At the time, I had no idea what it was, but it was cool as hell. So my teacher, she's a trained entomologist, Mm -hmm. which is insects and bugs and stuff. (laughs) Um, But the class was all about how certain insects spread disease, so things like um, Aedes aegypti, which spreads malaria and things like that. Mosquitoes and stuff? Mosquitoes, um, rats um bot flies which are really gross and get underneath your skin and then Ugh. yeah i can go on to that um are there anything like
0: that. anything that happens with spiders
1: we covered spiders but n- they don't actually cause disease we talked about um
0: okay so i can be less yeah of them we
1: now. talked about black widows and things like that but they don't actually cause disease they just kill you fair enough so instead of like well i mean yeah so still
0: sucks but yeah
1: but i mean at least yeah um so yeah I fell in love with the class and learned way too much gross information about everything like maggots underneath the skin I was like that's gross and that stuff's gross and learn about necrotizing fasciitis and like how your skin gets eaten and <laughs> um yeah just like a lot of cool things and I was so intrigued by it and so every class was taught like here's the organism that causes this disease here's what the disease is here's what it looks like who's it affects and then we would get to like the epi part and she's like this is the distribution of the disease. This is where it's spread out. This is who it affects all these things. And I was obsessed with it. And went into her office one day and I was like, so tell me more. And she's like, this is an actual job. You can be an epidemiologist. I'm like, no, what? This <laughs> is like, like studying cool shit like this. She's like, yeah, it's actually a thing and it's a pretty new field.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I did some research on it and I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, my entire track is being pre med. I was like, I want to help as many people as possible. And
0: studying distribution is a way to.
1: So, yeah, exactly. So, as most physicians, they don't see a tremendous amount of patients per year. They see usually so you have like.
0: An, a large impact, but on this specific subset of people, right? Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. And that's kind of what shifted my focus because I didn't want to just see, you know, especially since I lived in rural Iowa, I would be seeing the same patients every single day if I stayed there. Um, and it would always be small, chronic disease, like people that are affected with diabetes or um, mm-hmm. complications due to heart disease or cancer, things like that, and I was like, okay, that's, I mean, obviously it's horrible and I want everyone to be healthy, but my impact can be much greater if I focus on focus on population health, yeah. which is where epidemiology came in, because you can actually do catered interventions on big groups of people and really see some differing health effects. So that's what led me to that path, And I took back my applications. I didn't even like finish them and to med school. And I immediately applied to grad school. I ended up working. I had to delay a year because I was already a senior. And I was like, yeah. oh no, I have to like wait a year. So I ended up working in a, a hospital lab processing. <laughs> this is also disgusting. Um, I ended up processing human samples of every variety for an entire year. So every, yeah, go ahead. You, you look like. S-
0: So what do you mean by human samples?
1: Yeah, everything. So I worked in a big hospital, and basically any clinic in the surrounding area would send all their samples all day. So if you went to the doctor, got a blood test, they would send all their blood tests to us. We would process it, run the test, all that stuff. There's not just blood that people get drawn. People get drawn lots of different things. Um, Let's see. There's blood, urine, then there's, like, some other uncommon things such as stool uh body fluid from inside of you like your stomach excretions and lung excretions and then um yeah just a lot of that so i spent (laughs) an entire year just really getting covered in all of these disgusting things and it was so great because i learned so much about disease again it kept building on it so i could see all these tests that people were getting ordered and there'd be really interesting cases that would come to the hospital and they would get drawn these crazy labs that no one knew how to process and i got good at it and i'm like oh this is like the thing that people do at the mayo clinic i'm like that's so cool and so that really helped pair all of it together that i was going to do something medical and also continue this so yeah cool M- awesome yeah um urine that's been sitting for a week is disgusting <laughs> Does it turn brown? It does not turn brown. It turns like a really gross, like greenish, like.
2: Ah, okay. So it goes in the other direction. Yeah. I would think it, would, it you know, you think no. it gets warmer. It actually gets cooler. It, like as far as like color. Right. It yeah. gets
1: disgusting. Um, pregnant women usually have to carry around like a 24-hour urine jug and they'll just urinate in it for 24 hours to measure like their glucose levels, things like that. We hold on to those for up to a week in case that we need to rerun the sample. And more times than not, can I count that I've spilt those big things on myself? So I would. Oh God. Yeah, I would just go home, just be covered in so many different fluids, not by my own choosing. <laughs>
2: oh. There's yeah. yeah. My dad was a plumber for a part time.
1: Oh yeah. I know. Yeah, and
2: yeah. which means I was a plumber's assistant.
1: There you so go. Yeah, I get you. Uh, so fluids, you've seen some man. of the brutal stuff. Yeah.
0: A little, a little different of a setting, but. Uh...
1: Yeah. So where was I so the hospital and then I ended up coming down um
0: yeah so w- grad school brought you to Atlanta right grad
1: school brought me to Atlanta yeah I again never left Iowa mm-hmm. in the years of my living I stayed there went to school there all that didn't really have much of an intent to leave applied to tons of Midwest schools even in Iowa and just applied to a school down here didn't think I would get in and got in and immediately it was like screw it i'm gonna make a big life change and just move 14 hours away to a city i've never been and yeah. packed up my car drove down here without ever coming to the city and i haven't left And that was three years ago
0: and what do you think do you like
1: it? i love it yeah, yeah. i don't want to leave <laughs> despite you, you know the no or the lack of cow herding and all of that i mean
0: you know there it's, is it's always going to be a piece of you missing here i but. know
1: i know maybe i can bring that to atlanta cow herding <laughs> with cookies
0: Okay, so some of the other stories about your budding career. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are some of the other things? like? So now, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you do now?
1: Yeah, I can-ish, yeah. Okay, Um,
0: so what do you specialize in now? Yeah, so with
1: epidemiology, you tend to really focus on one disease just because there are so many. If you kind of focus on all of them, you're not going to be able to make as much of an impact. There are epidemiologists who focus on several diseases, so things like um respiratory viruses they kind of get grouped up together but most people only focus on one disease and Mm -hmm. my disease that i focus on is hiv and aids which kind of came out of a place i wasn't expecting
0: yeah it's totally different it's nothing to do with the bugs and yeah yeah yeah,
1: exactly and it's not transmitted by a bug or anything like that and it kind of started out in grad school and i got into grad school and i was like i want to do infectious disease epidemiology and everyone's like great so does everyone else here at the school but you need to tell (laughs) us like what disease you're interested in because if you don't start to specialize your skills with it it's gonna be hard to get a job and um at the time i was interested in foodborne diseases so like you eat
0: that is definitely something that impacts a lot
1: right so you eat like tainted chipotle and then you get the shits for like four days i was the worst tell me more Tell your listeners more. Do you want to know about About my poops again?
0: No, Mm. not again. This is not the poo cast anymore.
1: Totally a body fluid talk.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the body fluid podcast.
2: (laughs) Body fluid talks like Ted.
1: There you go. So one of my first jobs in grad school trying to figure out what I really wanted to do was um, working in a health department that called people that reported a case of a foodborne illness so i would have to call up and be like hey what did you eat two months ago (laughs) which is how surveillance works with diseases especially with this you have to track it back because it takes so long for it to get confirmed yeah and they're like i don't know i think i went to arby's i think and then i'd be like what did your stool look like what were your symptoms all that and they're like i don't know i pooped a lot like (laughs) and i just kind of like got a little jaded with it i was like this isn't like what i want to do i mean yeah it's clearly impactful, and again, I'm not negating the importance of it, but for me, I'm just like, this isn't you know, high-impact yeah. things I wanted to do, and so um, I ended up finding a different job that it was totally based out of me needing money, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll just take this job, and one of my roommates is like, yeah, so it's for a research study, um, it's going to be looking at gay men, and I was like, okay, and at the time, I just came out, yeah. um, probably about a year before I moved down to Atlanta, and... I was like, okay, like, I'm not really, like, in tune to gay culture because in Iowa, like, you don't really come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's very different now because of the culture, but wasn't really fully out until I came down here and um, was like, you know what? I'm going to, like, explore this and, like, give back to that community and ended up working for a study where I <laughs> had to measure penises. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sorry, but.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I, again, not negating the importance of it. I didn't have to. I, yeah. got, to. <laughs> I got to. No, no still. So like where'd you guys four.
2: meet? Well, I was a doctor and no. he studied. No, I was no, no. It was, yeah. I, know. I won't
1: talk too much about it because it's got its own research protocol and things. But it was basically yeah. just a test um, with the efficacy of customized fitted condoms. So it had got a it. purpose yeah. and I didn't actually touch any penises. It was more like. <laughs> Looking at it being like, okay, you have like this thing there and you measured it, got it. Yeah. Cool. But that kind of was like, well, I mean, I feel like I've been broken. Like I've seen it all now at this point.
0: <laughs> That's Like
1: where, saying. yeah, I mean, really. And,
0: Nothing can ever surprise me. Again. Right.
1: It was so clinical that I honestly, <laughs> yeah, it was completely. You never
0: saw a penis where you were like, whoo.
1: I mean, I don't remember, actually. I know this is, like, really boring <laughs> for you, but it was so clinical. It was in a hospital setting, and so I was just like, okay. You kind of like, have
0: to shut off that part of your brain. I yeah, and know, so, yeah. like,
1: that's where I was like, okay, like, this is important. It's actually yeah. good research. So that's, yeah, it wasn't as crazy as I was saying, but mm-hmm. I did go back home over Thanksgiving. All my family were like, "Dee, like, what's going on? Um, How's work? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, um, I'm doing research. And then they asked, like, what kind of research? I'm like, I'm taking measurements and they're like oh like scientific measurements I was like yeah they're like on what I'm like humans and then I get like really uncomfortable and I'm like yeah like um just like body parts and they're like oh like you're measuring like BMI like height index things like that I was like I'm measuring yeah let's go with that I'm measuring that and then <laughs> my mom's like he's measuring penises and everyone's like oh and then I just like got no more questions <laughs> um yeah.
0: But so, um, in terms of, the, I feel like that's a really interesting study cause that's something I feel like isn't really talked about, like condoms, Yeah, the studying the effectiveness of condoms mm-hmm. and like people are there. I mean, I imagine there are lots of different types of like sizes and forms and I mean like penises are probably pretty diverse, right?
1: <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, like, not, <laughs> yeah. <like laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so the reason that it tied back into what I do now is because condoms are obviously a tool. To, to prevent. To, tool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm a comedian here. Um, they're, <laughs> they're a tool to help prevent STDs and HIV transmission. So yeah. a lot of the focus is in the research area now is figuring out how can you make people use them. Because most people report back saying, I mean, it just feels better not to use a condom.
0: Or it's not comfortable. Or
1: it's not comf- right size, comfortable. It doesn't fit right. Like all these things. So, so that's yeah. what the study looked into and like tried to cater to this and like help out with that. So... Yeah, I mean, it was a really important study, and I'm glad that was the first thing. And I was like, okay, like, I can work with this. And
0: so, As funny as it sounds on the front end, like, that's legitimately yeah, very, very cool. exactly. Yeah. And
1: I mean, since then, like, my things have been less exciting. I mean, <laughs> nothing, like, on that level. But I've done, like, a lot of other research studies that looked yeah. at um, just stigma with HIV, things like that. And that kind of really got me. And I was like, okay, yeah. So after doing the foodborne illness. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so really I figured out HIV and STD awareness, big things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big field and there's so much stigma around it.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: in the South Mm -hmm. where the HIV epidemic is so heightened. Um, so I felt like I was in a really great place to conduct research because there's so much change that can happen here.
0: I know a lot of Especially a lot of areas like yeah, sexually transmitted, but also in a lot of areas where they're are high drug use like heroin or Exactly. We're seeing kind of an uptick in that, I think. Like I've heard a lot more like anecdotal stories of heroin use and people have been affected by it. Right. Um, lately, which has shocked me. Like Yeah. Is that something that like is like happening now? Is that like it's kind of a
1: tremendous problem. I mean, last year there was a huge outbreak in Indiana of HIV. Mm-hmm. in drug users so yeah um i won't get political but the governor there who is now our one of the vice president running mates um anyways oh geez he impeded on actually implementing um a needle a safe needle exchange program which really facilitated the outbreak and yeah. so it was exclusively in heroin and opioid users and because of the system if you live in a rural town, you have to travel so far away to get to a clinic to get treated and all these things. And so that's really what facilitated the outbreak. And we're seeing a lot of that in other areas of the United States is that Mm -hmm. if you're so far away from an HIV care provider, the likelihood of you staying in care and staying treated is minimal compared to what it could be. So, I mean, drug use is such a huge problem. And now we're seeing more and more that it's not just among people that have sex that are getting HIV drug users are becoming a huge problem as well Mm. Um, it's not something that I necessarily focus on but
0: yeah, I mean you would still have to isolate because they're two very different exactly but
1: I mean obviously there's people that do both so it's it's a hard cookie to crack I guess is Mm -hmm. what the the phrase is yeah
2: circling back to cookies
1: yeah oh damn like look at me (laughs) look ma um (laughs) yeah so um now I, I'm i kind of on the opposite side. I don't really focus on HIV prevention. I work with people that have that are living with HIV and AIDS, and I just am trying to focus on reducing disparities mm. in treatment outcomes with these people. So, um, for example, some individuals that are living with HIV may not be getting the care that they need, and within the population of these individuals, we see different disparities among age, race, and things like that. And So we're trying to lessen that so that the treatment and the outcomes are equal across the population but give it, i yeah. mean it's never gonna be equal unfortunately and that's the case with any disease i mean like with zika you see that it's affecting females more of childbearing age and all these things and it's much more you know impactful in women because they can obviously pass it on to their child so mm. yeah it's just yeah there's a lot to I it i actually
0: did not know that about zika really yeah i don't really know much about zika other than
1: Well, what else do you want to know <laughs>
2: Tell me about Zika. Like, what? so it's... <laughs> so sexy. No, It's getting hot um,
0: That you. was also, like, I made, like, an awkward, uncomfortable face weird. humid It was, like, yeah, weird. It might be Zika. mosquito. Um, <laughs> oh,
1: boy. No, I mean, Zika
2: is spread. You're learning.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Mosquitoes, right?
1: Yeah, So mosquitoes. So, again, time back to the mosquito thing. Um, yeah, and <laughs> well, Zika... Well, that's the one
0: that I think we hear about the most. Yeah, right?
1: and it's just... There's going to be a new disease every single year that people really hone in on so ebola was the big thing two years ago and now it's zika because how it's how
0: bad was ebola really
1: it was bad i mean oh. it, in the states not at all obviously because yeah. we had i think six confirmed cases and they were all you know Dude, not the panic from though here.
0: was so widespread here right like, people still do that yeah
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah it's girl bad ebola don't don't have sex with that girl she has Ebola. That doesn't make any sense
1: it doesn't and it's super disrespectful too yeah especially like people that you know either
0: actually being impacted
1: right that happy bowler you know have interacted with a family member or friend or whatever but it was a huge thing especially in africa where the outbreak started and i mean i don't think yeah it was just terrible so yeah but there's always going to be a new thing i mean zika is a new thing and it's sexy i guess in public health because it's so new so everyone like wants to get a hand on it and research it because we don't really know Oh, again, like, I get it. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I'm just laughing that a disease in public health would be sexy. Like, but but I understand because yeah, I came from political research. Right. That is so true. Like, cybersecurity is, like, the hot button issue exactly. that nobody understands. Or, like, Arctic security, mm-hmm. if you're doing shit like that. Like, right. things that don't necessarily, they're not necessarily more relevant to mm-hmm. global issues, but they're just, like, new and trendy and, like, you have trends in right. everything.
1: So right now, more
0: likely to get funding is really what they're into. Exactly. (laughs) Well,
1: so going through Congress (laughs) right now was a huge Zika bill that would help out so many different people, and that got stuck for various reasons. But still, like you don't really hear about the diseases like that happened five years ago. Like there's not an Ebola bill, thankfully, because it's kind of the outbreak has subsided. But it's so new and fresh, and like a hot button thing that people are all into it so it's always like the new thing that's getting public health funding and some of the other older diseases that are still just as important especially with things like HIV and AIDS the funding isn't quite as distributed as it was when the disease first became a thing Mm -hmm. so that's unfortunate there's not necessarily a constant source of funding and it's not affecting
0: if it's affecting like you know a minority group or like or if it's if it's affecting a very small specific group of people i've been like really jaded by how unlikely you are to get funding for something like that if it's something that can generate panic for people who do vote Mm. right that's where you're going to see funding right and i just think that's like so shitty right
1: exactly so if, if there was a pandemic flu which actually experts are saying is going to be the next big like pandemic that's going to wipe out half the planet i mean hopefully not because that's going to be awful but But
0: flu can mean a lot of different things though right
1: yeah it can um
0: but like an influenza but
1: an influenza like virus that just Mm -hmm. hits everybody you can guarantee sure that there'll be tons of funding for it because it hits everybody and not just a small minority group that needs help
0: yeah and it spreads like so easily
1: oh yeah. yeah so that's why everyone should get their flu shot a little public health bulletin Got seven flu shots. Feel terrible. Think you'll okay. (laughs) Kidding. Okay, so flu shots are You're like, 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 (laughs) you're like, 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 you are like you are like like you are 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 Really? Got seven flu shots. Feel terrible. Think you will Okay. <laughs> Kidding. Okay, I, so like, flu I, flu fall shots on are seven really... and you're just like, oh, shoot, I guess I'll just take all of them.
2: <laughs> no, I got one. I did get a flu shot.
1: Okay, good.
0: I have not, and they're free, so.
2: They're free. Yeah. Actually,
1: if you go to Kroger and get a flu shot.
0: Are they really, like, effective? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Because you hear a lot of, like, honestly, you hear a lot of noise that says things to the contrary. Like, I know, obviously, they're, like, we're dealing with people, stupid, like, Mm anti-vaxxers. And yes, offense to you if you are an anti-vaxxer for your children. That is the stupidest thing that you could possibly do. Right. But flu shots have been another separate issue that people even who are firm about pro vaccines are still kind of like wishy-washy about
1: yeah there's a lot of people like that especially everywhere (laughs) (laughs) um and this same thing i hear is i don't need one because i haven't needed one ever and i've been healthy or last time it made me sick and i'm like yes like there are side effects to the flu vaccine like Mm. you can get sick you're not going to get the flu from it but you can get sick and It's because it's
0: a dead virus right it's an attenuated virus attenuated
1: attenuated, which means it's it's dead or it's been reduced to a non-disease causing state got it um,
0: um
2: so i actually did get uh i didn't get like really sick i was able to still be able to go to work and school and stuff but my arm did swell up pretty bad Yep, like a, which is unfortunate, like a Little mini but fever,
1: but
0: it still beats dying. Would you from rather, influenza. would you
1: rather die from influenza or just have like a cute little bump? Well, I don't know.
0: Cause birth flu is fucking me. terrifying.
1: <laughs> right. And so.
0: Dude, I, I watched a Ted talks like a while ago and that's where I heard that. And it just, mm-hmm. I, that's the only time I've ever heard. And yeah. she was like, this woman was talking about how quickly influenza would spread and how it would affect the global population and yeah. how really, truly like this is the biggest threat that we're dealing with. It's true and nobody's talking about it, you know? And she was mm-hmm. like, this is like the it's biggest the issue we're gonna face. And I was like, yeah. what? Well that's yeah. crazy.
1: There are a few other bigger, not well, bigger ones, like antibiotic resistance is one of the bigger yeah. things and we just, the country itself has got a ton of funding to fight antibiotic resistance, so.
0: How do you, so I heard that they're taking antibacterial soap off, like that's like something the FDA is yep. essentially saying is not beneficial, right?
1: If you think about it, I mean, if you're constantly washing your hands with antibacterial soap all day, every day, you're just going to start killing off bacteria, and eventually one is going to slip through the cracks and come become resistant to it, mm-hmm. and that's how antibiotic resistance starts. It's, sorry for anyone that doesn't believe in evolution, but it's evolution on, you know, a micro scale, where if you kill off 99% of the population... 1% is going to survive and then it's going to evolve past that and mm-hmm. you know, adapt to whatever condition you expose it to. And that's what antibiotic resistant is. I mean, people are getting antibiotics and the bacteria, most of them get killed off except for a few and then they become resistant and now we're like, crap, what are we going to do with our antibiotics that we can't use anymore? We have to find something even stronger. And now we're becoming...
0: Reliant. Right? We're
1: reliant on it and reliant. we're at a point where we're running out of things. And so eventually, I mean, even things like gonorrhea is yeah. a huge thing oh. that gonorrhea and chlamydia things like that they're becoming resistant to a lot of the antibiotics
0: i did not know. that's terrifying see
1: mm-hmm. and so that's another Dude, big because that's a really concern. common like
0: what people uh, don't like to talk about stds but those are really common stds absolutely,
1: absolutely. what
2: are like so uh, if you didn't get the antibiotics for like something like if you didn't have those what would be the
1: effects of that if you didn't get an antibiotic for something for yeah, something for, for gonorrhea we, specifically like what, i mean untreated gonorrhea is not great I mean, I mean i know it's I, I like don't... how like how
2: how bad can it like, like it can is, get bad i just mean get, does it
1: just get progressively worse or does it eventually y- get yep do you want to do a science experiment because you can figure out on your own but i mean it's <laughs> <No>. like bad <laughs> um especially with syphilis is another big That's, thing where yeah.
0: that makes you like ache, it like
1: you get severe neurological dysfunction yeah. if you let it progress to stage three which is it typically doesn't get that far because no one has ever really seen it get that far well unfortunately there's been some really terrible immoral studies conducted like the 1900s about it Uh, um yeah 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 you can have like a cliff notes edition on that but
0: dude i'm gonna post this um, will be in the show notes because i'm fascinated with
1: (laughs) yeah but we're just seeing diseases now that are completely resistant to what we've been using for so long so even basic things like penicillin that we've found tried and true are now just like oh crap Hmm. We can't do this anymore. What are we going to do as a society when we don't have antibiotics that we can rely on anymore? And I'm not going to say whose fault that is. I'm not going to, like, stand on a podium. It's just we've become reliant on it.
0: I mean, that's just been the trend that our society took, and I think everybody thought they were doing the right thing. And that's the way that we see a lot of things evolve. Like, even things that we consider now barbaric, you know, were widely accepted when they were happening, right? Right. Um, But that's terrifying to think about that Mm -hmm. because, like, you know, I've known people with— I knew two people that have been infected by like chlamydia for example uh-huh. and sometimes it's asymptomatic you would yep. never know right one person just started getting kidney pain yep and boom all of a sudden she was like far along mm-hmm. she went and she tested positive for that and she was like holy shit how yeah turns out her she was in a long-term relationship, committed relationship mm-hmm. and that person hadn't been faithful yeah. and she ended up she
1: like, ended up contracting
0: yeah it. and then an asymptomatic version had no fucking idea like yeah. that is so scary yeah. Yeah, it's very And to think, like, now we're we're losing the ability to treat those things Uh with...
1: But really, I mean, it's just adding to the urgency of what's going on. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you said, like, the bird flu, like a big pandemic-level influenza-type virus is something on the horizon, and it's been predicted. It's going to happen for many, many years. And same with antibiotic resistance. It's all here.
0: So when you say it's predicted, or when you say it's on the horizon, Mm -hmm. how do we, like, how do you guys come up with that kind of information? Or, like, how is that determined?
1: I mean that i don't necessarily know and this okay. is where i could say yeah. oh i'm not an expert on this because you know what i'm focused on with <laughs> yeah. my because my you're highly specialized yeah. right um i do have a kit that is applicable to lots of diseases but i don't necessarily know about that itself um yeah. i think it's more so just monitoring trends so we we're like okay like many many years ago we've had all these big influenza viruses that wiped out a huge substantial amount of the population now we're saying, like, okay, we're seeing a rise in flu cases. We're seeing something like this. They're mutating, and, like, we can predict trends like this. I don't – it's not the same like Got that. It. So but it's based
0: on behavior and data that we've collected yeah, on a massive scale. Yeah, exactly.
1: But okay. the, an actual pandemic is difficult to, to predict. pinpoint and decide when it's going to happen. I think it's just experts who are in the field know what's going to happen or they're predicting it and yeah. i'm not one of them so i am <laughs> no, well I, aware that i can yeah. not say i know something
0: <laughs> that's totally fair and yeah. the reason i ask is just like you're, you're saying like on the horizon i'm like how are they like okay it's not situation? like coming like,
1: tomorrow but yeah if there's gonna be one it's gonna be an influenza like virus again yeah, because just based of, on again that and what you were saying about how easily it spreads how mm. it can impact people i mean you can get in a plane from you know wherever and carry it with you to another place and
0: wasn't there that movie, like it. contagion contagion which also
1: made me want to be an epidemiologist kate winslet who is rose from <laughs> titanic yeah Bad she ass. was the epidemiologist in the movie um
2: so if something like that happened like if they have a massive influence like epidemic like a virus that was widespread all over the world like the appropriate response is to find a way to vaccinate it correct
1: if possible yeah yeah
2: so like if possible there's no like if if there's no actual way to like treat it you would have to find a way to like prevent right prevent it in like the people who Uh have
0: but that's why the flu shots are so important now is because prevention is like what okay exactly so every that's why you get a new one every year
1: exactly because every year It's it's a new strain and so when you get a flu vaccine it's not actually one strain it's three or four that they think may be circulating in the system and they usually contract this back to like February of the next year, and say this is what's going to be the new one for later at the end of this year mm. based on trends. So that's where the trends come in. And Google actually does something really cool where they monitor how many people are saying on Twitter, on Facebook, like, I'm sick with the fever, blah, 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 I have these symptoms. And they're actually like saying, like, okay, there's a spike in cases here. We're going to start suggesting the vaccine or even earlier next year, or something like that. Yeah. So they're actually using social media data now to influence public health, which is Mm. kind of exciting as a millennial i'm like yeah cool
0: no dude there's so much like interesting technology coming out with this too like i was recently at elena tech village for their meetup and there was an app that they had created that you can physically like it's a network of strictly people mm-hmm. so instead of like a social network where it's like owned it's like all of these cell phones that are in independently like you can select an area in the world and find an individual that's logged in, really? message them directly and say what's happening on the ground. Wow. Yeah. So like this is, it's like the largest wow. actual human network that they're creating in the world.
1: That's incredible. That's going
0: to be really incredible for like war zones yeah. for like, you know, like
1: Absolutely. delivering
0: aid, figuring out what's happening. Wow. Like, so, I mean, it was just incredible what they were developing. The yeah. woman was Indian and then her partner, I think is American as well. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah, they were, this is what they were doing. It's just mm-hmm. like, very rudimentary, not beautiful, but like the most effective one yeah. of the most effective apps that's going to come out.
1: No kidding. That could be incredible.
0: Yeah. I, I really need to figure out what that's called. So I will find it. There you go. I will find it for you
1: guys. There you go. Um,
0: <laughs> I will find it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that was. Show notes. Yeah, that was a little public health tangent. No,
0: but honestly, I think this is super interesting. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that people hear about, but they don't understand what it means, right? Get your flu
1: shot. (laughs) That's, like, all I can say. Get your flu (laughs) shot. Get flu shot. Get vaccinated.
0: (laughs) If you understood nothing else. Please,
1: like, If you don't get your
2: flu shot, I will personally... If you haven't listened to me
1: talk about, like, feeding cows cookies or, like, (laughs) watching deer get skinned or, like, getting cinder blocks out of my skull or, like, measuring penises, like get your flu shot <laughs> that's the yeah,
0: only that's the thing take, away away from this. take away from this right oh that should be like <laughs> the title of the episode great i'm gonna be
1: known a by that flu shot yeah actually that's a good one yeah i sign off on that
0: <laughs> <laughs> um very cool so one of the other things that we can touch on here um, do you want to like, cause we got a couple more minutes here. Do you want to keep talking about some public health stuff or do you want to talk about?
1: I mean, I deal with it all day. Let's talk about something more <laughs> upbeat. So, rather than like disease and
0: this is a great story that it is going to be a totally random segue here. Um, but one of your hobbies is improv, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah. you
0: have this one really great story and I think you should talk a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> the furry one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, so I've been doing improv for probably half of this year, not even that long. Mm -hmm. It's just something I've wanted to have have done for quite a while. First of
0: all, where do you do improv? I
1: do it at Village Theater. Oh,
0: really? Yeah,
1: Village Theater. I just finished level one, Mm -hmm. which is the very basic rudimentary improv, like yes and, like who you are, where you are, and what you're doing, like things like that. So you Mm -hmm. learn that for eight weeks, and... Um, every week we would do different scene work. We would learn how to develop characters and work with a partner and like really give feedback to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in the um,
0: beginning, full disclosure here from somebody who's also done a little bit of improv. It's always a train wreck. Oh, it
1: is. Right? Yeah. You're like, I'm a guy that likes to <laughs> yeah! be on planets and also has like pierogies in my pocket. Ah! And that's yeah. like the entire scene. And like as you get better, you're like, oh yeah, like this is me and this is what I'm doing. And like it's so smart and clever and you just it's like a reflex now. But um
0: (laughs) Like how you said that with the facial expression. It's just like a reflex now. It's a
1: reflex or like whatever. Use a lot of Um, eyebrow specifically left eyebrow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's the dangerous one.
0: (laughs) So what was the embarrassing incident?
1: So midway through uh the class, we were learning how to just develop a scene with your scene partner and I was just having a weird day, I don't know what was going on, and I couldn't quite connect everything well, and yeah. I couldn't get a good idea on the spot, and my scene partner and I got the suggestion that our relationship was that my scene partner was at a hotel and she was checking people in, and I was a concert, or a conference goer for whatever conference was at the hotel, mm-hmm. and our suggestion was, don't worry about whatever conference it was, it'll just develop. <laughs> um... So, yeah, so things just developed, and so I was, like, going through the scene, and um, my scene partner was like, oh, so, like, welcome to town, like, I can't wait for you to come see the conference, um, are you an expert at the topic? And she was wanting me to say what the topic was at the conference, and in my head, I tried to talk about being a brony, which is vastly different than what actually came out of my mouth, (laughs) so for those that don't know what a brony is, it's an adult male that's super obsessed with My Little Pony, the TV show. Oh, yeah. I just watched a documentary about it, and so that was on my brain earlier. It's
0: ridiculous. It's Go ridiculous. watch the documentary. It's bad.
1: Um, But that was on my brain. Yeah. Instead of saying I was at a brony conference, I ended up saying I was at a furry conference. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I realized what happened, and I just, like, looked towards all my classmates and they just had like this baffled look on their face. But with improv, you can't change what you've nope, done. You, you have, to have to go forward. Say, yep, and yeah. I'm like, damn it. I have to yes. And this. And, um, everyone laughed at it, which was good, but not for the right reasons. I don't think. Cause now <laughs> they all think that I'm a furry. So I had to play this entire scene where I was a furry at a conference. And I even like dressed up in one and I had a weird name for my raccoon character. It was like Robbie, the raccoon. And it was
2: what a raccoon! <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't. Again, like, I'm not actually a furry, for the record. Um,
0: <laughs> disclaimer: I'm not a furry. Please
1: put that underneath the the bio. But um, had to run with it, and we did really well. But the caveat was that my entire class thinks I'm a furry, and so at the graduation show, I reminded them, "Hey guys, I had a really great time, and we shared our favorite memories." And I just had to make it clear. I was like, "So." One of my memories may not be my most favorite, but I just want to clear the air to make sure no one thinks I'm a furry and everyone's like, Oh, we forgot about that. That's why would you bring that up again? (laughs) So
0: you're like, because, because
1: really I am. Right. Right. So,
0: just trying yeah, extra hard to keep bringing it me. up,
1: people are going to start thinking you're actually a furry,
0: dude. Yeah, like protecting yeah. your secret identity. I'm not Superman. No, who's Superman? No, no one's at talking all. about Superman. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a furry. What's a furry? I, no one knows.
1: Mini hats, one of them is not being a furry. <laughs>
2: <He's>... <laughs> what is it though? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know, I don't know, but it's
2: not being a furry to be continued. <laughs> I could <can>
1: tell you, <laughs> sure isn't.
0: On that note, I think we can go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah. I'm your host, Veeps. I'm
1: your co-host, Papa Shoes. And I'm Dee, And you don't know me.
0: Hey guys if you liked what you heard today be sure to head over to our website it's ydkmpodcast.com we have more information about our guest from the show as well as some show notes also feel free to follow us on social media we are at ydkmpodcast on everything as usual the music in this episode is courtesy of bensound.com that's b-e-n-s-o-u-n-d.com